This is 8-Bit, episode 48, your local drag queen, on Saturday, October 5th, 2013, and now with more sheezes. This episode is hosted by Ian Buck and Ian Decker with guests Sarah Quinn and Sam Rock. Alright, so, um, this Friday I went thrifting, which is not necessarily that uncommon of a thing, but... Oh no, that's where I get, like, all my pants. I forgot to look for pants, I realized that this morning and it pissed me off. <laughs> Winter is coming... I, I know. I did get a bunch of sweatshirts, though, which she'll probably inevitably, inevitably steal from me, but... Um, yes, I take all the extra-larges and double-extra-larges. So. <laughs> I got a triple. I got a triple. Yes, I'm swimming in that triple. This is for her and me. That's why you got that one, I suppose. <laughs> um, but, so, the one thing that I've never done before... Um, okay, so this upcoming Friday, one of my good friends talked me into helping him out with his set for the drag show. Oh, well. So, I went and got a dress. And then we visited some friends. And they lent me a wig, and it's black. And if I wear it when I'm wearing man clothes, I apparently look like someone from Green Day. Um, <laughs> long black hair. Um, well, not that long. It's just like above the shoulders. Yeah, but... like right there. Yeah. Um, then, let's see. Uh, she's gonna do my makeup. I'm probably gonna grab someone else to give her a hand. Uh, who, who is this she exactly? Who's this sitting? she is um, my friend Sarah Quinn, who is our hi Sarah Quinn. Hello. One of our two guests today. That's right, everyone. Oh, yes, lots, yes, today. Lots of new things this weekend. <laughs> um, but but back to the thrifting. But back to the thrifting. So, I got myself a dress. I got I, I borrowed a wig from some friends. I have some makeup, and I also have. Um, some black tights that I decorated with the saxophone section last year that have duo saxes. No, that's right. It has Ilchi written on the side, which stands for Incredible Life-Changing Experience. <laughs> in, in sparkly, I think, I don't remember if I did this in green or blue paint. So do you have uh, a, a drag queen name yet? We've been trying to figure that out. What, what did we come up with? I said Alexandria because your middle name is Alexander. Mm. Ah, but that's uh, as far as the. I think. You, I mean, gone. You like a good uh, last name that goes along with it that is quite suggestive. Indeed. Um, and I would give you the advice: do not let your family have any knowledge that you did this. See <laughs> this. Well, I think his mom would be quite amused. My mom already knows. I've been giving her play-by-plays. Yes. <laughs> it's too late. She wants pics. Is it bad that I, I almost said her mom? <laughs> I almost said her mom when referring to you. Her, her mom. <laughs> Friday. That can wait till Friday. Then it'll be correct for a few hours, and then it'll yeah. be back to eight. Well, I want you to decide you love it. Yes. Okay. Maybe you'll be a soul who will find out that you love it and that's the life for you. Who knows? Okay, Sarah, you have a job now. You oh. have to take lots and lots of pictures of him, send them all oh, to me, so that I can post them all on the internet on, you know, the Nexus's uh, page. And every other website he can get his hands on. Exactly, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm well-versed in the art of picture-taking. So. That, is, that um, is what friends are for. I actually want to take pictures of him trying on the dresses at the thrift store, but... He wasn't willing to comply. <laughs> well, that that the the thrift store was the the dressing rooms were actually separated by gender. They, they were like these dressing rooms are for ladies only, and these dressing rooms are for guys only. 
And then like a sketchy curtain where you dress behind. So. Oh, and you're buying dresses for a cross-dressing show, and they're concerned about the gender of who's yeah. in what room. <laughs> I feel like that's a little just odd. I don't know. I mean, I got yeah. three dresses. I got the pink one. Um, there's a black one with white with a white pattern and long um, see-through sleeves. <laughs> and then there's um, there's a purple one that we found out was unfortunately a little bit too small, but it's. It's flowery, it's nice, it has a good tire on the middle. In fact, I think I'm going to give this one to Anthony Awful. Because <laughs> he, he got roped into doing this too. So, by roped, do you mean yeah. they guilted you into it, or they paid you, or, no, or literally like, like hey, kinky wanted... rope? What? Kinky rope, right? Literally just rope. Um, they didn't even do that. They were just like, no. hey, I mean, uh, I, I want a live horn section for my set for the drag show. Can you give me a hand? Sure. <laughs> nice. So, oh, so you're going to be playing your saxophone up there on stage. Yes! Oh, man. This is going to be great. Well, you're a braver man than I. Okay, I take it back. Stress and then go out in public playing an instrument. We don't need pictures. We need video. <laughs> I'm going to make Eric Idle and Graham Chapman proud. <laughs> so welcome to 8-Bit, everybody. <laughs> This is the cross-dressing... Can't make an alliteration with that that has to do with video games. No, there's... Shoot. No. Um, <laughs> so I'm Ian Buck, and uh, Ian Decker is your local drag queen. And uh, we've got a couple of guests on this week. Sarah Quinn is uh, Ian's friend, and Sam uh, Roth is, of course... You, you've been on here... Like I think three or four or five times. This could be five or six. Yeah. I think oh, wow. quite a few times. And I mean technically you're like our Nintendo correspondent, except that we haven't really done that since the beginning of No, this semester's been a little bit busy for yeah. me. But hopefully I'll have a little bit more time now that I've set up my schedule. A little more time to share with our uh, our beloved viewers, Bryce and Oh yes. <laughs> hey Bryce. <laughs> <laughs> so Sarah, since this is your first time on the the show, we have uh, a very, very lengthy interrogation for you. Ian, hold on to her so she doesn't run away. Great. It's very <laughs> difficult. It's very difficult and challenging. Run. Run. My eyes and holding on to me is... <laughs> run away. I mean, I can sit and hold you and tickle you. No. That, that, that'll work, too. <laughs> but I'd certainly run away. You'd try. So, how did you... I that this doesn't work so well. <laughs> how did yeah. you first get into video games? Okay, well, I don't know how far back I should take this. Maybe as about five or six years ago, um, my brother got a PlayStation. Not sure which type. Probably a PS3 if it was five or six years ago. Probably. Not one of the like the very first ones that came out. But for a while we had a GameCube. Um, and so during the summer, of course, my mom and I, my mom and I would just you know sit around, and then my brother would always we like to do the arts and crafts and stuff. But then my brother would be like, Hey, come on, Sarah. You know, you gotta play these video games because a lot of them were not just solely based on one person playing. Um, and he didn't like to play with online people because he would always <laughs> be frustrated, especially because he didn't have a headset to talk to people. Oh yeah. And so then he would rather play with me because then he could shout across the room and be like, "Hey, Sarah, go do this. Go kill so other people." That, so that was on the PlayStation, right? Not on the GameCube. Right. That was the okay. Yeah. Because the GameCube didn't hard. have there'd be a little much. Bit, yeah, not much no. stuff. Yeah, GameCube was Mario Kart. Of course. <laughs> and if he lost, you know, he would always shut the game off without saving, and I'd just be like, oh, okay. 
Oh dear. Yeah, One of those people. Not much of a team player, but I mean, we would easily stay up till three or four in the morning playing video games over the summer because none of us had a job, a summer job. Which I'm sad to say that, you know, now I have one. Yeah. All grown up. It is. So, what is your favorite genre of game? What's your favorite type of game? Since when are you included in asking I've done it before. Well, he's technically a correspondent. Technically. I want your job. I want your job. That's why I asked for that reaction. Yes, we are recording. Yeah, we are recording. <laughs> yes, please do not turn your base amp on. We are recording a podcast. I actually keep it low anyway, but nonetheless, you will pick up. Okay, sounds good. Well, genre as in, like, fantasy? What's your favorite genre of video game? Like, first-person shooters, RPGs? Oh. Racing games. Platform games. Okay. Puzzles. I was probably the first-person shooter, hands down. It's pretty easy to find those. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> In fact, I'm I'm going to be reviewing, well, hopefully reviewing one next week. And also, we're going to actually start playing Borderlands 2, supposedly. Supposedly, yeah. it, it, it's going to happen with with all those prizes in line. Oh god. Oh yeah. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yes, we will. Alright, what is your favorite game of all time? That's a hard one. I really loved um, Pikmin. All the Pikmin games. Um, but then, one that I've been playing recently over these past couple summers is Call of Duty Black Ops. Hmm. Actually, I don't know which Call of Duty it is, but there's one where you can actually win against zombies. I'm so excited. That's I think that's actually is that? all of the Call of Duties. No, for like the last um, four. Every other one has zombies. It would either be Call of Duty World at War, Call of Duty Black Ops, or Call of Duty Black Ops. Well, no, it was winning against the zombies. You it's actually not playing win against the zombies. It's like winning this, against the zombies. Oh, like actually defeating them. You actually defeat them. That's probably Black Ops two in the most recent one. Okay, yes, yes. Oh, That'd be my guess. I love that one. Because you're in teams. There's two teams, and you're trying to kill more zombies off and survive longer than the other team. Yep, I think that's a Black Ops 2 thing. Yes. I need to introduce what? you to Left 4 Dead 2. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that a first-person shooter? Yes. Oh, good. But uh, I would love to do that one. Okay. Oh, hey. So what is the game that you hate the most? Or... What game do you regret buying the most? Kind of two sides of the same coin. Well, considering my brother bought most of the GameCube and PlayStation games, <laughs> <laughs> and I also play on Steam as well, but those are usually free. Oh, yeah. For a while, they're free, and then I'll, I'll snag them at that time. It doesn't really matter what game it is, as long as it's really cheap or on sale. Um, but the game I hate the most, and it's really bad, because I haven't really played it, it just hurts my eyes. Um, Minecraft. <laughs> I hate it with a passion. I can't stand staring at the screen for more than five minutes, and then my friend's like, well, you've never even played, and I'm just like, I can't even focus. <laughs> and it's it's really bad, because like, uh, apparently other people can come into the game and delete or erase what you have created, or you know, catch things, things catch on fire randomly, and it's just like, what? Yeah, I think you can, like... Uh, not open up your game to other people on the network, but um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Dark Souls 
probably the only one really to worry about that. <laughs> so, uh, well, and also uh, Watch Dogs is going to be, you know, completely just anybody who's on your friends list can come in and, uh, and mess with you whenever you're playing, I think. Oh, boy. Okay. Which is going to be fun. Um, so speaking of Minecraft uh, hurting your eyes, I tried to... I, I found some mods that would let you play it in 3D, because I have a 3D monitor, and, oh, oh man, it, it, oh, it was terrible. <laughs> like, any time that any object is moving, like, it kind of, like, flickers as it's moving, and, like, yeah. ugh. You've had hurt. some pretty terrible experiences with 3D. Yeah. I have, yeah. And Minecraft was one of the worst. <laughs> Yep. I mean, oh, I guess I could try playing it, but... I have it if you really want to. I don't know. If you're not enjoying a game, then don't play it. I mean, yeah. don't let other people tell you what to play. Yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah. I could do something really, like, stellar. <laughs> like, awe-inspiring. As long as no one wrecks it. By, by stellar, do you mean, like, in space? Or, like, the cons- just, like, the abstract stellar? Like, yeah. really awesome. Yeah. Okay. okay. Like, been, this, yeah. Sorry. We've been thinking about space enough as it is this past week. We just had the Nobel conference here, and it was all about the universe. Ooh. <clears throat> How much would they pay for the universe? <laughs> um, actually, the only lecture I think I went to and heard was the one all about dark energy. That was really interesting. Dark energy. Is that that stuff that mages control, like the summon demons? <laughs> You're thinking arcane energy, man. Oh, or or dark magic. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I was, I was arcane. <laughs> so, let's get going on these headlines, shall we? So a lot of hardcore gamers uh, complain about how easy modern games are, and I, I mean, you you kind of uh, fit that bill, Sam. Ah, uh, um, yeah, you, more you, or less. You do like a lot of the old games, and typically those are a little bit more difficult and more challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of developers have been including new game plus modes for people who, you know, after they finish the game, then they can go and play it again on a more difficult difficulty setting. Um, well, Batman Arkham Origins is coming out with yet another mode on top of that that's called I Am The Knight mode which has absolutely no saves and only one life. And I've got to say, that reminds me exactly of what the hen zombie, the, diff- the hard mode zombie you, mm-hmm. was that. You couldn't save the game, and you had one life, so it was either you finish it, or if you screw up once, if one guy gets you, you die, you're done, but now, I start that game over. I have a question, because like, clearly Batman Arkham Origins is not going to be like a two-hour campaign. So how, do you, how are you going to like, ever be able to shut off the game... Um, uh, and come back to it if there's no saves. Well, by saves, I'm not sure if they specify. I'd have to read the article. If they mean, can you suspend your progress, but it's just if you die, then you have to start the game over, mm-hmm. or do they mean you got to sit there and play through it the whole time? I'm not sure what they mean by no saves. I would I would think they mean the first one, where you can suspend your progress. Okay. Um, I can't guarantee you of that, of course. Or maybe, like, each chapter has, like, once you get to that chapter, then you... Yeah. Um, Can you see, play that? Or, one know. of Nintendo's game series called Fire Emblem technically has saves after every chapter, no saves in the middle of the chapters, but you could suspend your progress. Mm-hmm. The thing is, if you screw up, you lose, and you've got to start that whole chapter over. I'm not sure if this will be like that. Or... I, I can just imagine some nerd sitting in his basement playing through this in one shot. It's just like, oh... oh. 100% completion, right? Finding all the hidden oh secrets. Oh, my God. Of course. Riddles. On, one, on, on a single life, one life, no more. No saves. No saves. No, no sunlight. <laughs> no sunlight. It'll be like oh, Ryan. 
it, photosynthesizing with his computer screen. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that'll be interesting to see how it works out. If it's just extremely frustrating, or if it's actually a really good mode that adds challenge and replay value to the game. I'm not going to play it. <laughs> I'm probably. I'm, I'm scared. Not not in that mode. I'll play the game because the game. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll play the shit out of the game, but that. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Um. So speaking of hardcore, the most hardcore of the hardcore um, players for League of Legends, um, finally concluded season three. Um, the the season three world championship was held. Um, I believe it was yesterday. Um, yeah, that's when it finished. I think. And the trophy was taken home this year by Sarias SK Telecom, who swept the final round, skunking the Chinese team Royal Club, um, so beating them in three out of three matches. Um, and of course, as a reward, they took they took home not only the um, the trophy, but they also took uh, home a million dollars prize money. Not so, a bad deal. Not a bad deal at all. <laughs> Play some video games, earn money, get bitches. Hey. That's a, <laughs> you. Just the Korean ones, right? Totally. Oh, yeah. You're Japanese. You're good. <laughs> um, that being said, actually, if you guys want to go onto YouTube really quick, I have a video. Oh, so, uh, is it? It's not too long, is it? No, it's 18 seconds. Okay, good. My attention oh. span is only 12. You'll have to forgive me. <laughs> He's a goldfish. Oh boy. Where you well, okay. So I'm leaving. <laughs> There's a champ that came out not too too long ago named Thresh. Um, one of Thresh's abilities is he can throw out a lantern. Then one of the people on your team can click on the lantern, and then they'll be they'll be taken right over to where you are. Um, so I threw this out to one of my teammates, someone who's playing a character named Timo, who everyone in the community traditionally hates. Um, oh, but everybody goes through their I love Timo phase. Yeah. Um, but so I pulled him over to me, and then, well, you, you'll see what happens. Okay, so I saw, so the Teemo beat the person that pulled them over, and then they got uh, taken out a moment later? So uh Timo um Timo um beat the Lisa that he was fighting against. Then I threw out my lantern. That that thresh was me. <laughs> I threw out my lantern, grabbed the guy, bring him over, and just as he's running away, an ability from another character, in fact the ultimate ability from another character, flies up blindly and hits him. <laughs> destroys him. So you so you started recording your League of Legends stuff, huh? I did not. Someone who was um spectating. Oh, okay. As someone who's never played any of that that genre of game before, I must say, even I can tell that was quite funny. <laughs> the poor soul. Oh, and, and I know the guy in real life too. So <laughs> that's what makes it funny. I, I felt so bad, but I couldn't stop laughing after that happened. Um, so, oh well. I will throw this into the show notes because I can. Is it difficult to beat to beat someone three out of three? I'm guessing. Yes, that's they won every they won round. Three matches out of three matches. Think about how difficult it is. 
Okay, it's the best teams well, in the world. Well, I guess I don't know how long these matches can go. Well, it's like a football team beating another team three times in a row. They play three yeah. times or something. Or a basketball team. Oh, yeah. Or tennis, when it, beating someone in three sets. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that, you know... That, that's a really good way of describing it. Especially beating Chinese people. Well, the, the Koreans are the... <laughs> this show has so many comments already. The Koreans are our gaming overlords, not the Chinese. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay, um, I don't know this. I'm sorry. I'm. I am. Well, professional video gamers over in Korea are treated with the same prestige that like professional athletes and movie stars are. Oh. Yeah, they play all sorts of different genres of games online competitively. Yeah, they, not not usually shooters, I don't think, but yeah, it's mostly the, strategy games and mobas. Yeah, and they're amazing at those in general. Is the idea like they they will fill up stadiums or not? Well, not stadiums, but like you they'll know, get a couple entire thousand halls. People. Yeah, they'll get a couple thousand watching. people in a theater and watch people play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Um. But yeah, no, the the fact that it's the two best teams in the world and the other one just completely blew them out of the water. It's just like, oh, oh, okay. Alright. So, so onwards? Onwards. Yeah. Okay, so there's this game called Watch Dogs. Um, and it's gonna be premiering or coming out on November nineteenth, I believe. Um, and it once ran under the title of Nexus. And, however, the, the logo hasn't changed for the game. Um, apparently, one of the protagonists named Aiden wears the... I, I don't know what it looks like exactly. It's on uh, his baseball cap, I think. The, yes, the whole logo for the game. Baseball cap. And I'm not sure exactly what the symbol... There's, there's a... There's a reason why the symbol was made the way it was. On the yeah, it was supposed to like signify kind of connectedness, but then like in the middle, okay. it's not connected, which <laughs> is like the like we're hacking into this, you know, the connection. Okay. And I, I I thought it was hilarious that it was called Nexus because that's where we are right now. We, we no. are on the Nexus uh, TV. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Well. Um, in my first Nintendo-ish related news and how long since I've been here, <laughs> um, there was a Kickstarter campaign for a game called Shantae, Half Genie Hero. Uh, this series has had two games out already, one more coming out. Um, it's been on various Nintendo systems, typically speaking. It's made by a company named WayForward. Their goal was $400,000, and they hit about double that, so they hit a couple of their stretch goals. And it's not just coming to Nintendo systems. It's coming to the PlayStation 3 and the 360, all the next-gen systems, the PC, and the PlayStation Vita. So were those other systems some of the uh, stretch goals then? Uh, no, it actually started out with everything but the Vita, and then they added the Vita later on. Oh, nice. Uh, they, this is The company WayForward has been making games for 20 years, but they don't self-publish much. They mostly make games for other people, 2D games. Uh, primarily. So this is one of their first big pushes on... They've actually never had a console game that they themselves have made before, I believe. So this is their big push to try to get some notoriety on consoles. Notoriety. Mm-hmm. So, do you guys remember the Piston? It was that uh, small form factor PC that was announced way back in CES this year that everybody thought was going to be the first so-called Steam box? Vaguely. Um, well... Yeah, and then and then we found out that um, Valve was actually not working with the company anymore because uh, I believe they they decided to go with Windows instead of Linux, like uh, like Valve wanted. 
So they're going to be launching this, the uh, the piston on November 29th for $1,000 with 8 gigs of RAM, a 128-gigabyte solid-state drive, a 3.2 gigahertz AMD Trinity CPU, and uh, some Radeon 7000 series GPU. We don't know which one yet. Um, and it sounds... I'm pretty sure that it's not going to be shipping with SteamOS because uh, SteamOS is based on Linux, and um, I'm fairly certain that they're going with Windows. And... Um, Obviously, this isn't one of the Steam machines that Valve talked about last week because those are not coming until 2014. Well, uh, for the price, for the hardware, I mean, it's not, I don't think, a bad deal. No, yeah, that's because, um, I mean, my, my PC cost me, you know, $1,300, so... Right, it's it's a, it's a pretty good deal overall. Um, and, I mean, it all depends on which GPU they put in there. Yeah, no... We don't know how they'll be marketing this thing, but it'll be interesting to see if it's a profitable venture for them or not. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, if they market it to just everybody, I think it'll probably fail to the price. But we'll see how it uh, turns out. I mean, with if they're going to be competing with other um, excuse me, um, living room consoles and whatnot, I think it's going to flop hard simply because um, there's nothing left in there. I'm sorry. Um, it's going to flop hard simply because the price is, there's such a difference in price. Um, and most people won't necessarily uh, get any benefit from the internet hardware. Yeah, they won't necessarily understand what the benefit is, and they probably won't even care what the benefit is. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, it's like, it's like trying to market a gaming laptop to somebody versus get, marketing a Chromebook to somebody. You know? Yeah, it depends on... Like, um, you, you can either get a $250 thing that will let you go on Facebook, let you go on Facebook and all of your favorite websites and everything, or you could get this really expensive thing that'll do all of these things that you uh, probably don't care about. Yeah, and for that person, it might be easier to say, well, I'll just get a, an old PlayStation 3 or an Xbox 360 and yeah. I can play all those games. Yeah. So, that's that's just my whole thought on it. Just, the price seems a little much for, not necessarily for the hardware, but for the competition. Sure, sure, definitely. It'll maybe they'll try to market it to a different group than just uh, the standard person. How? I don't know. I, I'm not a marketing guy. I'm I'm a psychologist. I just tell about people. I don't look at how people sell things to people. I'm not there yet. Well, you help people understand why people would buy things. Yes, I do that. Technology thing. So that that's very marketing oriented. So don't give me any of that BS. Oh, I'm not a marketing guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. They're going to try to market it towards people like Ian here to get someone into PC gaming because they're going to say that someone wants to buy a console, you're not just going to get them to buy a PC. So you get them to buy this instead of a PlayStation 4 or whatever. They'll pick this up and they'll play PC games and they'll feel like they're playing a console and with that you've got them sucked in. There. That's how the market <laughs> Fine. Yeah, it's sort of the equivalent of saying, damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor, not a scientist. <laughs> it just doesn't work. <laughs> just All move right. on, damn it. <laughs> Moving on. All right, actually, this is the one that I'm super excited for, so I'm happy to move on. And we talked about this a little bit at the beginning of the show. Gearbox has announced a $100,000 loop for Borderlands 2. Um, starting on October 11th, that will be this coming Friday. Um... Players can do a daily goal, and they'll be able to earn themselves an entry for various prizes. Now, I'm not sure if there's necessarily a daily prize, but I know for sure there is a weekly prize of cash. Um, 
and there's one for each week. It goes on five weeks until November. Let's see, what did I write? Um, oh, I didn't write it on there. Uh, but November 7th, I want to say. Uh, something like that, but about five weeks or something like that. Um, and there are, or no, four weeks, sorry. And then in the fi fifth week, after everything is done, there's going to be a final drawing. Um, each week, there's going to be a prize, um, a cash prize, starting at 5000 then 10000 um, 15 20 25000 and finally, um, $50,000. Wow. And it's, so that's cash prizes. And then there's also going to be regular material prizes as well. Um, which include everything from PS Vitas with the, uh, with the game installed to an NVIDIA 660 graphics card um, to the entire catalog of 2K games. Those press, or those past, the present, and the future. So the games that were, or that came out by 2K, the games that are coming out by 2K, and the games that will come out by 2K, you get free copies. Yeah, I want all those press games. All the press games? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Wow, that's a pretty... Uh... That's a big incentive to get people to keep playing the game. That's why we're doing more Borderlands. <laughs> I don't know that anyone will buy the game for that reason, but that'll... Um, is this specific to anything like PC, or does it work on whatever you got it on? Um, well, I know that the, 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 you know, all 2K games is specific to Steam, because it's a Steam key. Sure, sure. Um... Yeah. But um, if a guy has this on his 360 or his I, PlayStation, I think that the Vita. I think that the prize is like you can get into the drawings by killing the enemies in any one of the different okay. Okay. versions of the game. And I mean, seeing as one of the prizes is a Sony product, I'm pretty sure that they are including the Sony crowd in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sony yeah. Sure. And, um, sure. So then probably the Xbox crowd as well. So it, it's going to be cross-platform. So you have a lot of people to compete with. <laughs> in a lot of ways, if you have it on multiple platforms, play it every day. Of course. Three. <laughs> Actually, wait. You might not be able to do that. Because um, it says down towards the bottom of the thing, um, players can sign up for the Loot Hunt on Gearbox's official site. So I think you have to actually be on the site um, to sign up for the Loot Hunt. So I think it's going to be one entry per per person as opposed to per platform. That well, makes sense. But what well, way will they check who it is? Can't they if you make, make multiple accounts yeah, on the Gearbox website with like one of them being on your Steam account, one of them being on your PSN account, one of them being on your uh, Live Xbox account. Live account. Yeah, I suppose you could probably swing it, and I, I mean, they might not be able to catch you, but that's dishonest anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't like those sort of people. Nope. Yeah. Yeah, but did you mention there were daily? What was it? Daily goals? Okay. Yes. They change every day, I would assume. Um. Or yeah. They, they change. Or they day. wait till someone achieves that goal and then make a new one. Nope, they change each day. You, There's one goal that's set for the entire community to go and achieve. And you achieve it on a single player basis, I believe. Okay. And then the fact that you achieved it gets uploaded to the network. And they say, hey, this person gets themselves an entry. Um, also, something I forgot to mention is, is if enough people do that daily goal, everyone who did that goal gets a free item in-game. And it's usually going to be some sort of special weapon is what it looked like based on the thing. So, score! All the loot. Yeah. Maybe you'll get that gun that you always wanted that laughs. I want it so bad. <laughs> Troll everything. <laughs> I don't know if this will help uh, Gearbox maybe sell more copies of the game, but it definitely adds replay value to it and it tells people, look at how good of an investment our games are. We do stuff like this. Yep. That's I mean, a crowd pleaser. 2K does everything from Borderlands to Bioshock, so 
sorry, from Borderlands to Bioshock. So they they've got some really good mm-hmm. games under their belt. Mm-hmm. So do it. You know you want to do it. <laughs> Onwards. Onwards. All right. So Ubisoft has realized that not everyone enjoyed all the missions in Assassin's Creed 3. Huh. That does not come off as a shock at all. (laughs) (laughs) So they're adding an optional mission rating system in Assassin's Creed 4 so they can do better in the future. I have two questions for this. Like, one, um, obviously players that have um, gone through the missions of Assassin's Creed 3, don't you think there'd be some sort of, like, web page where everyone can have their feedback and then the, the company could look at it and kind of assess rather than saying, oh, we're going to have a new rating system. And two, 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 another question. When does Assassin's Creed 4 um, come out? Um, so, let's see, Assassin's Creed 4 comes out October 29th for the consoles and then three weeks later for the PC. Does um, it come out the same time on... Um, every console, next-gen, uh, last-gen? Well, no, so the, the next-gen ones come out when that next-gen console launches. Okay. Because um, those aren't until November anyway. Right, right. Um, and then, I mean, I yeah, they could probably have a website for rating the things, but who's going to go to that website outside of the game after each and every single mission and, you know, give yeah. them their feedback? Like, it's it's a lot easier for, like, right after you finish the mission in the game, just say, okay, yeah, I like that mission, or, hey, that sucked. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of want to go through and say that all the good missions sucked and all the bad missions were great just to troll everybody. <laughs> oh, don't forget statistics. <laughs> now, just to mess with the stats. You, you know what I have? Uh, the, my, my question here is, if they know that people didn't like some of the missions in Assassin's Creed 3, they probably, and they're going to implement this, they probably already have an idea of what people didn't like, so why don't they just right. fix it now? <laughs> just in oh. case! Yeah. <laughs> oh, Ubisoft. Who knows, maybe at the end of the series they'll come out with a, a best of Assassin's Creed where you get to go through and play all the missions. Hmm. All the good missions. And you know, they, they could probably swing that with, you know, the the in-game meta-story. Oh, yeah. yeah, they actually could. That would fit that you have to go back and do stuff. Interesting. Well, in other news, E.G. Ananuma, um, one of the lead designers who sold the games for the past, I believe, decade or so, has said that he intends to shake up the traditional format with some of the upcoming Zelda games. <laughs> um, it's going to be interesting to see how they do it. He's mentioned that A Link Between Worlds, which is coming on the 3DS, I believe this November... Um, he's mentioned that they'll be changing the way you gather items and the way you play through the dungeons and such. And it'll be interesting to see what it is for the Zelda game on Wii U. He's mentioned things such as playing alone and things being linear as ideas that he's interested in changing. So it'll be cool to see for fans of the Zelda franchise if the changes they make to a series that's been pretty stable since A Link to the Past on Super Nintendo are major changes or minor and how they are perceived. So what do you mean by playing alone? Haven't you always kind of played alone? In yeah, it's looking at maybe changing that. Oh, okay, gotcha. Watch, there's going to be seven dungeons instead of eight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then there's going to be three plot twists instead of just the one. <laughs> Completely changing the way that you experience Zelda. <laughs> well... What I find interesting is, I'm glad to say they're breathing some new life into it, but as I understand it, the people who like Zelda love it the way it is. They've been playing it that way for 20 years now, and pretty much every game that comes out gets fantastic reviews, not just by mainstream um, mm-hmm. review sites, but by individuals. 
Well, I think so, a lot of that's been with the art style with it, too, because, I mean, like, Wind Waker, a lot of people didn't like it, but a lot of people absolutely loved it. Um, mm-hmm. And Twilight Princess and everything that went along with um, those was all really acclaimed that way. Um, I mean, with the Wii, Wii Motion Plus, they were able to implement some fun new game mechanics there, but the basis of the game, the traditions of the game, were still mainly intact. Right, right. So not, cool not enough. Novel stuff has been changed, but nothing big. So this will be kind of interesting to see where it's going. Yeah, definitely. See if it um, adapts for the future, if you will. Yeah. So you guys know who Frictional is, right? They're the oh. makers of the Amnesia games. Oh, oh, fine. And you guys all know what the Amnesia games are because they nope. are the most yes. terrifying games nah. ever. <laughs> kidding. Oh, yes, yeah, no, I have no idea what I'm showing it to you. No, no, no. <laughs> So, Frictional started teasing their next game, which is called SOMA, and uh, it's all caps, so I think it must be uh, an acronym for something. Um, they released, uh, they've released released a single video so far, and uh, from that we can tell that it's set in the near future, and it features a mysterious machine that uh, was discovered um, by this, this team of scientists, and they don't really understand what it does, and uh, it might be killing people. Um, from what you've seen, near future, are we talking near future like the Aliens movies where you can go into space but we- freely, but weapons are still um, bullet-based? Are you talking no, near I'm, future? I'm thinking like, like in a few like decades, like, near future. Okay. Yeah. Not like Deus Ex where you can get seven enemy implants and give you super strength when you turn invisible? I doubt it. Okay. We, we really don't know anything about I want this. that too. Where the <laughs> hell is that stuff? It's supposed to show up by now. Well, that'll be in Deus Ex. <laughs> Where it should be. Hey, remember, the Autobot, or the original, um, sorry, not Autobots, the original Transformers movie was set in 2001 or 2005, something like that. Okay. Well, and, I didn't show up yet. I'm kind of pissed. And we still don't have hover cars. They lied to me, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, now, actually, we're going to calm things down a little bit. Um, on a somber note, we wave goodbye to one of the most prominent storytellers of our time, Tom Clancy, the man whose novels sparked quite a few video game franchises, died this past Tuesday after being struck with an illness. Um, yeah, Mr. Clancy wrote so many different novels. He had so many movie adaptions. Um, he was he was really a very prolific prolific writer. He was well known across a lot of genres. Um, I think he actually invented the firearm. He probably went back in time and invented them and then came back in forward in time so that he could write novels with them in it. I uh, okay. He knew just about he had a lot of information, was very accurate. His stories, while fantasy fiction, were a lot more realistic than others. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's tons and tons of games have been made based off his stuff for years and years. So um, it's a real shame. We wish condolences to his family and friends. Um and he left an impact on a lot of people, and we would like to thank uh, Tom Clancy for that impact he left on people through however he did. Mm-hmm. Um, in a note, not quite as tragic as that, um, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, a uh, 2D platform game by Retro Studios exclusive to the Wii U, has been delayed from this uh, November to February 2014. Oh, um, no. It's a shame I was looking forward to it, but at least it'll give Nintendo a good start to their lineup next year, and I'd rather have games that are good than have games that are pretty good but rushed. I'd, I'd rather have and, I mean, time. this way you'll have a month to, you know, build up your money reserves after, yeah. you know, spending a ton of money during the holiday season. 
But but you mean I have to wait longer to throw frozen bananas at people? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, around. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, you can put on a cat suit and scratch people in Mario for a month or two before. <laughs> I no, think I Ian could do that in real life. <laughs> I, yeah. In fact, I probably would. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, uh, and then a completely random note. So in the show notes, I originally had ended that last note with um, the phrase "Good night, sweet prince," and er and Sarah asked me why, why why I had done that. Do you guys know that meme at all? Nope. No. Um. Sorry. No. Am I, I the only citizen of the internet here? I don't know <laughs> if it counts as a meme if nobody knows what you're talking about. What? It's, okay. Speaking of memes, so one of my professors is Peter Dolan. So I oh took the computer in out. So I took the computer in the room that we have class in, and I set the background as Dolan Duck, <laughs> and I named the file Peter.jpg. <laughs> so rewarding that you did that. <laughs> Thank you for that, Ian. <laughs> Man, maybe we should use that as the Roland. <laughs> That's beautiful. You know so what is so so what is this sweet prince thing? I'll introduce you after the show. Um, well, there's a lot we're gonna have to introduce you to after the show. Um, so the goodnight sweet prince is whenever someone dies, people usually put up something that says goodnight sweet prince, um, and then the picture of the wrong character. So like if, um, <laughs> so like if some black guy dies, and the, the people will usually take like the picture of Morgan Freeman and throw it up there and say goodnight sweet prince. <laughs> And then people were like, I, I'm so sorry that James Earl Jones died. Um, and then they'll go off naming wrong people that aren't even in the picture and whatnot. So it's just absurdity after absurdity after absurdity. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah I, I get you. But I, I refused, or I didn't say it because I didn't want that little bit, bit of absurdity to be in there. I, I felt that he actually deserved respect for what he did and what he wrote and what he contributed. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. That would have been... All right. A total change. So what was I, that face? Yeah, what was that? He just showed me a Dolan Duck picture. Oh. You can show him. I don't oh know if I come over clear. Goodness. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I clear up my calls or what. This is my favorite Dolan of all time. I can't. I can't read, read the word. Uh, uh, find the URL and we'll we'll put it in the show notes. Uh, well, um, in the fringe no, section. Are... In the fringe section. Oh. All right. So I really hate to be the guy to bring up the latest uh, Half-Life 3 rumors, oh, but, yeah. but this one actually has some potential. So Valve has registered a trademark for Half-Life 3 in Europe. And uh, we know that this is true uh, because the, it, it's you know, on the European Union's uh, you know, trademark thingy site, which is not down right now because their governments are still operating. Joke! Yay, joke! Yeah. Joke! It it actually was revealed recently that it it's most likely a hoax. Um, yeah, I remember hearing that. <laughs> well, no, no, no. So that's that's the um, I think that was about the database stuff from Valve's own things, but I'm pretty sure the the trademark one was still true. <laughs> oh what? Oh never mind. Yeah. Oh my god. Sorry. Yeah. Read what I wrote, bro. So, well, you no, you wrote something about Left 4 Dead 3 as well, which only had to do with the other article. Oh. Well, Half-Life 3, okay, so the um, the hype received over Half-Life 3 and the Left 4 Dead 3 leak um, was most likely a hoax. Uh, Valve Time, I believe, they were the guys that had all the patents and whatnot up there, I think, or the website that held it. I'm not sure, um, but they apparently said that like a little over the week, or a little over a week after um, those logos and whatnot were found, 
it was taken down from the site. Sorry, we can't win. Oh, do lose. I had so much Gavin. hope for this one. Damn it, Gavin. Gavin. Gavin? It's not Gavin. Fine. Are we going to do another... Gavin DeGraw. Oh, boy. <laughs> do I, I need like to... him. Okay. Give me a second. I need to show her Gabe Newell is. Oops. Are you going to show her the site? Yes. Yeah, of course. Great. Should I just go on with the next one? Then, where yeah, they, go for it. Go for it. Together. Okay. Um, Nintendo actually has DLC. They've had it for a while. They've released some for Pikmin 3's mission mode. That's all it is. Some of it is paid. Some of it is free. So, there you go. Nintendo is kind of getting with the times in that way. Good to hear. Well, I mean, DLC for a lot of us has been kind of a bittersweet uh, cake. Would, would, am I using the correct colloquialism? Uh, you're trying to say, you're supposed to say bittersweet. That's what I want to say. DLC for some of us has been or bittersweet. Cut. Uh, something about a cup. Like it's a cup it's half it's empty and half full. Sure, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, what Ian's trying to say is that some of us have bad experiences with DLC. Well, Pikmin 3 did ship as a very complete game. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just mission mode on the side, and some of it's paid, and a little bit of it's free. So overall, I'd say it's good. It's just a nice deal. If you have a Wii U, um, you should have Pikmin 3, and if you have Pikmin 3, you could look into that. All right. Something I'm actually uber excited about. I get uber excited about a lot of things, don't I? That's not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. Um, no comment from you. Um, huh. so, uh, <laughs> do you do you get excited about the children? Uh, I, we we haven't clicked on that link. I don't Please know. do Click it. Click on the link. Please do it. Click on the link. Right now? Yes. Let's do it. It's the best stolen thing in human history. Oh, God. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Why? Because Sam... <laughs> because Ian loves Dolan so much. Sam is a terrible person. Uh, yeah, no, this, this what Dolan is. is it's Dolan. a bunch of really poorly spelled things. Gooby Pulse. Um, <laughs> Dolan. Um, Dolan Pulse. Stop. Think of the children. <laughs> so you're excited about no, something that's not I know, I know. So I like, in the front the phone, <laughs> from Sam's phone, I thought that was the back of the duck. <laughs> so this is what you were excited about, Nolan? Well, I might have the same reaction after reading this, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, so, CD Projekt Red, the guys who made the Witcher series, have announced a collaboration with the legendary graphic novel publishing company, Dark Horse. Oh, my God. Horse, Dark Horse, Dark Horse, please. So, although they haven't really fully announced what exactly they'll be making, um, they have said, and I quote, um, that we should look for, okay, and I quote, something truly special for fans of the fantasy genre. Um... So seeing as The Witcher is their big thing, it's most likely going to be a graphic novel based on The Witcher series, possibly The Witcher 3, because that's going to be coming out soon. Well, so, that's, that's odd, because like The Witcher series is based off of a novel series that like a guy, you know, and, and like The Witcher games um, are like kind of set in the same universe, but they're not actually kind of, you know, canonical with the books. Um, so I don't know if CD Projekt Red has the rights to do a Witcher. They could maybe do it based on the content that's exclusive. That'd be cool, though. Maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure. Otherwise, they might be talking to the people who are um, who own the series of books, mm-hmm. and they might have worked a th- an agreement there. Yeah. 
Either way, that's pretty great. Dark Horse makes fantastic stuff, so... <laughs> yes. Two buck face. So, I know. Um, and I always, I always forget to how to uh, pronounce the name of this company. Eidos. Eidos? I would think Eidos. Eidos? I don't know. Eidos Montreal is working on the next Deus Ex game with most of the team from Human, Re- Human Revolution still there. And this next game is going to be kind of the kickoff for several connected games, which all together will be called the Deus Ex Universe, which is super, super, super exciting, and it means that I actually have to go play Deus Ex Human Revolution now. Have you played the original one? No. I um, hear that one's even better. I'm going... I Yeah, I do have that one. Uh, and I've heard that, you know, from a modern gamer's perspective, it's actually kind of hard to play it because the, you know, the the controls and just kind of, like, the, the assumptions that the game makes about what you know uh, are kind of so completely you're different than what we... that's a game for understand. me, not yeah, for you. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. And so we'll it, see. Buck, it should be Eidos. Um, Eidos? Okay. Eidos. Uh, from a Greek Greek group, um, which literally translates to that which is seen, or like a form or a shape. And you just happen to speak... Um, He's a classics major. Oh, that's <laughs> pretty awesome. That and I also know where to look up these things, as a classics major. <laughs> <laughs> well... Google says that it's pronounced Eidos, but I'm not sure. Okay, yeah, like ten more times really quick. Well, maybe it's modern Greek. No. <laughs> I went to the um, the site that's maintained by the University of Tufts. I'm gonna say like, I'm gonna go with the university as opposed to Google. On this exactly. Thing. I mean, Sorry. this is this is basically Google guessing, uh, you know, what the pronunciation is. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well. How do you pronounce this company's name, though? I, I'm not sure. Like, is it why? We call yeah, that the Wii. Why? Anyway, <laughs> Nintendo has announced that they've got new Wii Remote Motion Pluses <laughs> coming out. Um, they're Mario and Luigi themed. They're, one is red, one is green. They've got little decals on them. So if you don't have Wii Remote Motion Pluses yet, this could be the kind of thing you've been waiting for. Okay, yeah, that's enough. Your hand tastes weird. <laughs> oh, great. Lubrication! But if you've been waiting for um, <coughs> Wii Remote Motion Pluses, maybe these are the ones that you want to get. I was right. a little concerned <laughs> on your lap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be careful what you yell, Ian. Be careful with that word. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. The, the, the tradition states that whenever Buck takes a drink of water, it, it is required to yell out lubrication. I've been drinking this whole time. And I didn't real I, I forgot the rule until now. At least someone remembered it though. <laughs> it wasn't water. We don't know. He wasn't drinking out of a clear cup. That's true. I don't drink me my vodka. <laughs> You'll drink other things if we're Juice, or probably no, or milk. No, I know him well enough. It's just water. It's just water. Making it clear and copious. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess he'll only, kind of only drink other things if properly persuaded. Okay. All right. Rice. So, um, I thought if the Wii remotes had like the Luigi and Mario sounds to them, but maybe when they start out. I wouldn't surprise me. I don't know. The sounds that they make are largely dictated by what the game makes them, you know, do. do. (laughs) So you could play a game where you select your character, and when you select Mario, your Mario Wii Remote makes the Mario sound. On the other hand, your Luigi Wii Remote might make the Mario sound. Shut up. That will never happen. (laughs) Anyone who cares enough to buy these is going to be careful about that shit. 
<laughs> yeah. All right. So, my favorite, well, probably one of my favorite game companies, if not my absolute favorite game company, Bethesda, is growing again. Um, they recently opened up um, a new studio in order to cater to uh, the people over sort of like in Southern Hemisphere and over in um, Eurasia and whatnot, or not Eurasia. Uh, Oceania? What am I trying to think? Words. Oceania? Oceania? Oceania, thank you. Oceanic. Gosh, this is what happens when my brain is tired. Um, but, so they, they had recently opened up a new stadium, or not new stadium. God, oh my gosh! A new studio in Sydney, Australia. <laughs> There we go. I can speak good. <laughs> Me fail English? That's impossible. Oh, Lord. Actually, no, it is possible. Just because you might have. No, I didn't. <laughs> they opened a studio in Australia, and... No, it's just in response to the growing market over in the Oceania area. Presumably, I mean, they'll be making things with their studio in Australia. Hopefully. Hopefully, Hopefully. yeah. Woohoo! Global expansion. Okay, so I have an interesting question for you guys and the listeners. What if games that st- simulate warfare had consequences for committing war crimes? Um, apparently the Red Cross is working with game developers at, like Bohemia Interactive um, to look into this possibly. And I, I think this concept was specifically targeted at like um, you know multiplayer games that kind of simulate warfare because like. It wouldn't make much sense with like a narrative-based game for this to be the case unless it was like a part of the story. Right, right. Yeah. Well, maybe that's maybe they'll keep making some games where it is part of the story. Yeah, I think well, like Spec Ops: The Line uh, forces you to commit a lot of atrocities, and I don't know what the consequences of that are, but right. I get a chair. By the way, sorry, I just had to make that announcement. Moving up in life. Oh, sorry, my butt was getting numb from all the extra weight. You should never <laughs> say that about a girl. Oh, my gosh. What the hell is wrong with you? You never say that about a girl. How about we just pretend like that never happened and we move on to Sam's next thing? Yeah. Sure, I, I, that, that sounds good. Um, Nintendo is considering allowing <laughs> cross-buy of games, most likely virtual console type games, so that would be older games like NES games, Super Nintendo games, etc., um, on the Wii U and the 3DS, similar to what the PlayStation 3 and the Vita are doing. Um, due to the About gap, time. Well, yeah. It's, then again, the Wii U's only been out a year, so I mean, I don't know if you No, it should have been a launch that. thing. Well... Part of the reason I'm not sure if this would be a big deal, this could be for virtual console games, but yeah, I mean, otherwise it won't be much of a big deal because the 3DS is weakening the Vita, the Wii U is strong, the PS3, the power gap is big enough that you're not going to see many games that are the same game on those systems. That's mm-hmm. just not going to happen. Whereas with the PlayStation 3 and the Vita, you can kind of cheat a game on the Vita. It's really unlikely to happen here. But um, I would be happy if they dealt with the virtual console stuff. That would make me pretty happy. Oh, yeah. Oh, all right. Well, we mentioned Europe earlier. We we, we might have been yeah we did mention Europe earlier. Um, but it's not as if we needed another reason to move over there after the government shut down. Um, <laughs> so Assassin's Creed Heritage Collection is an anthology of all the current Assassin's Creed games and is selling currently for about one third of the price of the entire anthology if you were to buy each thing separately. Um, sadly, as I kind of hinted at. 
it's only available in Europe, and it's only coming out in Europe. So all of you across the pond, jump on this opportunity to get into a magnificent game series if you haven't already. So instead of moving to Canada, I mean, we should all just move over to, like, Germany or Scotland. something. Scotland! Scotland, I'm going to Scotland. Denmark. Do they even consider themselves to be part of Europe? I mean, I, I hear that the British Isles like to go, you know, no, no, we're not Europe. We're, they're over there. As far as Nintendo is concerned, they're all part of Europe. Okay, so I assume true. Ubisoft feels the same way. Well, Ubisoft is French. Oh. So, there we go. Um, so not all games make it onto Steam. Shocking, I know. Oh. And uh, for those of uh, for those games that don't make it onto Steam, it's often hard to get the word out that they exist. And uh, because of that, if several you're a PC games. Gamer. Whoa, what? If you're a PC gamer, it's hard to get the word out that they exist. Well, what other games are there that don't make it onto PC? Like, I mean, oh. I'm not even talking about console games that don't make it onto PC games because, I mean, onto Steam. Because well, if they're just, a console game that comes to PC, they're going to be on Steam, well, like, almost assuredly. Yeah, I'm saying there are a lot of games like Bayonetta didn't make it on the... That's not on PC at all. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. But we're talking about... Oh, whatever. <sighs> so, for those games that uh, don't make it onto Steam, they've uh, banded together, and uh, they've created the not-on-Steam sale. Which actually is kind of on the same level as a lot of Steam sales because they're all like 66% off or more. And uh, they actually, a lot of them are in Greenlight right now and they have links to their Steam Greenlight <laughs> pages. So uh, That's interesting. It's almost like a little grassroots, move, grassroots movement to be uh, relevant, to be noticed. Yeah. Yeah, we're just paging through it right now, actually. I like the prices on a lot of these. Anything look good? They're not, they're not extreme savings, but I mean, some of them are like 50% off or 30% off. Oh, you'll, you'll get stuff that's 95% off in a lot of the Steam sales. Really? Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Ooh. ridiculous. Uh, Dungeons of Elements looks like it could maybe be interesting. Same thing with something called Particulars. Um, I don't know. At least the art for Particulars looks cool. I don't know. I haven't really... There's just a... Um, Line of the line, I can't talk. Yes, of the games, and so we can't really necessarily see what each one looks oh like. Well, there you go. I think that there's like plasma being or Lauren, the Amazon princess, or let's see, Super Lemonade Factory. Well, yeah, I'd encourage our viewers, if you're interested, maybe check it out, just see, maybe you'll find a game or two you like cheap. Might be a good uh, quick gift for someone on their birthday or something, just a quick oh, yeah. game they've never yeah. heard of. Wow, that's a bunch of ugly children. That's when you buy them. You can't find them on Steam, though. Correct, because these are not on Steam. So you just, like, save a like a tab on your computer for it? or No, I think you would download them and uh, install them. Okay. And you get, like, a little app thing on the, on the computer. Where well, you run it just like any other program. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I'm scrolling here. Okay, so... By the way, we're going to have to start writing down um, titles because our ghost has not been in to write down titles. Oh, yeah, that's true. Who's the ghost? What? That madman. The mad guy with dark hair. Don't worry about it. Ghost. Oh. I think he might be related to Jesus. Possibly. Although, 
in one of my senior pictures, someone went on a website and you can you're able to put beards on people. And so one of my guy friends put a beard on my senior pic, and I look scarily similar to Jesus. Like it is <laughs> almost spot on. Ian and Ian, what is the female form of Jesus? <laughs> what? Yes, sir. The female form. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Perfect. That is her name yes, from so now on. Oh, that's what you meant. Okay. okay. Yes, so would be that you, okay, from a strictly lingual yes. standpoint, that U.S. ending makes it masculine. If you were to add an A instead, then it'd be feminine. So it would be Yesa. That's what we're yes. going for. So Jessa. So like Jessica. Jessica. Yes, no. <laughs> Jessica. I should go, go find Jessica and be like, hey, hey, you're the female version of God. Jesus. <laughs> Either one. You are Jesus chick. Yes. Or you are the chick person of Jesus. <laughs> Just so you know. Jesus? Jesus? Jesus. <laughs> I like that better. That's yeah. People it's come here for video game sticks. People come here for video game news and they get all this crap. So that was great. awesome. And <laughs> <laughs> All right, so where were we? Yeah, so, oh yeah, Pokemon. Okay, so yes, yeah, so, <laughs> so not Ryan, but who's the other Matthew? one that we saw? Yes. So earlier in the talk, um, I noticed that Matthew was wearing a Pokemon hat, and the, actually the, the new Pokemon is introducing some mechanics that I'm a wee bit excited about, and I say the word wee because because I wrote I, it. <laughs> one because he wrote it. Oh no! Yes, there it is. There's the hat. One because he wrote it, but two. I'm not an extreme fan of the new Pokemon. I haven't really delved much into looking at them. She's a gen once. She's yes, a gen I, I am. I am. Yeah. That's what they I, told me earlier, too. I didn't uh, stop much later. I, I played Crystal version, and that was about it. Yeah. I made, <laughs> I guess technically I played Gen 3, but I don't have many members of it. I, I was Gen 2. I don't remember if I have black or white, but I know I have one of them, but I never finished. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, from my understanding of the game, um, the characters are more customizable, and specifically as to how your Pokemon will grow. Um, there's a way to give your Pokemon certain abilities that will boost their stats, and that will make each Pokemon different based on how the trainer raises it. Um, one of the biggest changes, however, to the game is that you, there's this thing called Mega Evolutions, and it's basically an extra form that is more powerful than before, and I, I believe it only happens when they're at their like their maximum yep. evolution. When they're in their highest evolution, you yes. can activate something, and then they'll go into the mega evolution. Okay, and the, actually, the article that Ian and I looked at before this talk was an, two mega evolutions of Charizard. Um, one of them being I th I thought he was going to spit out water because he was completely blue. And basically, and then the other one, it had like this huge horn in the middle of his forehead. That was it. That was all that had changed. No, well, his wings look different, and he, really? he and then his little arms look different. Yeah, as opposed to the regular T-Rex. Yeah, it, it was a yeah. little different, but um, yeah, that's just kind of. I believe one of those is for X, one of those is for Y. Yes, yeah. that's exactly. Okay. Um, and then when you do the Mega Evolution, it it also provides a lot more tactical um, things, or tactical opportunities because. When they do the Mega Evolution, everything from the innate abilities that the Pokemon has uh, will sometimes change to oftentimes even the types. So Charizard is usually a flying and fire type, mm -hmm. um, but they actually change it to dragon and fire when he goes up. Oh, God. Time. 
In <laughs> <laughs> about goddamn time, my roommate. Um, okay, and are the mega evolutions a non-permanent thing? It doesn't look like it. I, get, yeah. I, I can't say for sure, but it doesn't look like it. Yeah. It looks like it's something that you activate in battle. That's kind of what I thought. I've been a little confused about it. So, I, I mean, is like the mega evolution something that you can do with every single one of your Pokemon, or like, do you have to choose which of one of them you need I, to do? I think it might be like only starters and ones that are particularly prominent in yeah, the like, like, <laughs> like I, I know when I was looking up some other videos about this, there was they showed Lucario getting a Mega Evolution. Um, they had well, they had Charizard, and they also had all the other starters getting Mega Evolutions. So I think it's it's mostly just signature Pokemon. Of yeah, each. that's what I thought too. I wasn't sure. On that. Or or that could be just the nature of announcements because they don't want to announce, you know, hey, like. Clefairy has, like, you know, a Mega Evolution, because nobody's going to care. Everybody cares about Charizard and Lucario. All the Clefairy fans that listen to our podcast are very fanatic. Oh, they are going to come and beat me. (laughs) So, you know who Clefairy looks like? Kind of looks like Kirby. Yeah, Uh, the originals. That was a stretch, but okay. They're both pink and and round. Kirby, who I adore... Clefairy's more of a box than round. And good news about Kirby, who I adore, our round little pink hero will be getting another game. Um, he's had a game um, announced for 3DS. It'll be coming in 2014. It looks like a good old style um, Kirby side scroller. I'm very excited and happy and looking forward to see um, to see how the game works. I'm a big old Kirby fan, so I'm quite excited to see that. 2014, we don't know when exactly. Cool. I hope it's not yarn. Yarn was amazing. This nah. is not yarn. So Valve has actually released the specs of the 300 Steam uh, machine prototypes that they'll be shipping out later this year. Oh shit, yo. Yeah, I thought that they were going to just that it was just going to be like one model of the Steam machine, but apparently they're doing like a whole range of them. So some of the GPUs are going to be Titans, some of them are going to be 780s, some of them are going to be 760s, and some of them are going to be 660s, so all of these are NVIDIA. Um, some of the CPUs are going to be i7 4770s, uh, and some of them are going to be i5 4570s, and then others are going to be i3, which uh, is not very exciting. Um, not still very exciting. decent. Uh, I three the uh, no, not really. Not it it really could be worse. It could be worse. It, they could have put an Intel Atom in there. Come on. Hey, let's do Tegra. <laughs> um, let's see. They all of them apparently are going to have 16 gigs of RAM, and uh, their their graphics cards will have three gigs of uh, GDDR5 memory, and then they'll all have a one terabyte hybrid uh, hard drives. And they're all going to use a 450-watt um, power supply. And then their dimensions are 12 inches by 12 inches by 3 inches. So that's, I mean, not as small as they could be, but, uh, you know, in, in, I'm thinking in terms of, like, the, uh, the living room here. Like, yeah, that's, it's definitely the not the smallest um, thing ever. But I don't know how it compares to the Xbox One. I don't think it's going to be much bigger. Than by that. Xbox One, do you mean the Xbox One or the original Xbox? The Xbox One. Okay. I don't know if this is any bigger than that. Um, no solid-state hard drive, so it's garbage. Well, no, right. it's, it's a hybrid one. So it has, like, I think it has, like, 8 gigs of solid-state on that, mm-hmm. and it'll 
cache the things that you use most often on the solid state part. Ooh. It's a cool concept, okay? It's a very cool Ooh. concept. Yeah. It's terrible. So um, these are obviously, like, this is just the specs for the prototype ones. Like, we still have no idea what the hardware partners are going to be doing for the actual Steam machines that are going to be sold next year. Um, and obviously Valve wants to kind of test out a whole range of different hardware configurations on it. And, of course, they're encouraging the people who get the, um, get the prototypes to kind of play around with them, open them up, switch out parts. Uh, if I get, you know, one with, like, the Titan, I mean, obviously I'm going to be sw- switching the Titan from the Steam machine to my desktop because, <laughs> I mean, seriously. If you have one, period. That's true, I know. <laughs> but once once I know that I'm getting one, you know, like then I like the chance of me getting a Titan from then on is much, much greater than me getting a steam machine in the first place. Damn. This is true, this is true. No well, recently have you found someone with a controller yet to let you play? Oh on? yeah, I, I did that. Yep. Okay. So I still need to find someone with he's trying to do every achievement he possibly can, for those of you who might not be aware, to get himself the greatest chance possible of getting oh, his prototype machine. Well, you have to do every achievement in order to be able to get entered in, period. Yeah, you only get one entry oh, in there. Okay. Um, so, if we put Ian and Ian's chances together, um, it comes out to, I believe, about .001%. Well, and that, that chance is going down and down this whole time. So, mm-hmm. uh, at, at this point, there are up to 300,000. Yeah, almost 310,000 people who are eligible for the drawing. And so that's... We divide that by 300, so I end up with about 1,000. Yeah, one, one in a 1,000. So between Ian and Ian, we have a... Two um, in a 1,000. Or one in 500 chance of winning. Yeah, we doubled our chances just now. <laughs> well, I, I still need to get that. Actually, I need to get the controller really quick. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Hurry up and do that. I'm working well, on it. The, the only Xbox controllers we have here are wireless. No one has the adapter? Working on it. No one has the adapter? You can adapt a wireless controller to a laptop or a yeah, PC. I, I do it all the time. It requires a dongle. Hey, Austin. Yeah? <laughs> a wireless dongle? A what? Wireless dongle? A dongle that lets you attach the, sorry, uh, a wireless Xbox 360 controller to a PC? Not to my knowledge, no. Okay, I'll find someone else's <laughs> dongle to play with. <laughs> um, we did that on purpose. Well, now... A little news for those of us who really don't care about the PC scene and Steam machines and whatever. Or PCs. <laughs> because I'm used to try to appeal to a few more people. Um, oh, you're not doing a good job. <laughs> no, I'm supposed to not appeal to you. People are supposed to come here and listen to me and think how dumb I am if they like PCs. And then I'll draw on people who don't like PCs, and they'll be like, oh, wow, they've at least got one guy that knows what he's talking about. So you piss off some people, I piss off some people, I appeal to some people, you appeal to some and, people. And we get the biggest story. Together, everybody's just kind of ambivalent? Yeah, and they'll watch us because it's something to do. That's okay, the generation good. we live in. Yep. But anyway, um, a really nice trailer came out for Super Mario 3D World. That'll be coming to the Wii U, I believe, ne- in uh, November, yeah, next month. Um it's got some pretty cool new power-ups, like what looks like a cloning power-up. So you're controlling two Marios, two Luigi's at once. Um, it's really interesting to see how that works in the 3D platforming way. Um, the graphics look pretty good. It's Mario's never been a graphical heavy hitter, but the visuals, the art style, looks fantastic. Um, it's got really nice sounding music. Overall, I was really impressed with it. The trailer at E3 left me kind of lukewarm. It was okay, not great. This trailer looked fantastic. I'm excited for it. 
Um, was it terrific? Groovy? And all that stuff. Um, <laughs> yes, terrific and probably groovy. I guess I would say Mario's kind of groovy. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited for it. I encourage people to check it out. Um, if you don't have a Wii U, this may be due to a price drop and this game and the other ones. This is the time to consider it if you're interested. Um, if your complaint was that the Wii U had no games, well, it does finally have games. And I've got a pretty safe supply coming. But I encourage everyone to look at that trailer. It was great. Okay. Sweet. Don't do it. Um, Another thing oh. I think yet. <laughs> what is this? Don't click oh, on it. Oh, why? <laughs> uh, is that what you were wanting about before? Got it. No, yeah, I don't think that was right. I think that was Matt. That was Matt. Um, yeah. Folks, we just got flashed a hideous, horrible picture of a dog. This roll has struck a game. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> We don't have a main topic this uh, this week, uh, but I ha do have a review of Batman Arkham Asylum, and actually uh, Sam's also played it, and he enjoyed it a lot, so he can help me out with this review. Mm -hmm. uh, what what system did you play it on? I played it on PC first, I played it on PS3. Okay, cool. Um, so, man, that game came out in, like, 2009. That was, yep. like, what, four years ago now? Yeah, yep. four years ago. Four, four and a half. And it looks gorgeous. Absolutely. Like, oh my gosh! So I, it's it's so refreshing playing a game that just you know that where they put so much effort and and clearly a lot of budget and a lot of time into just making the visuals look great, um, and actually you know obviously worked with Nvidia really really closely to add a lot of effects and make sure that it worked in 3D, which was you know a special yeah. touch for um, me. To compare it from PCs. I think I ran it pretty high, not at max. I can't remember. That's so long ago. Yeah. Um, to compare it on a PC to consoles, it looked really good on the console, too. I know the PC, higher resolution, I'm certain a higher frame rate, and a few other effects. But it looked really good on the consoles, too. Because for this game, graphical power was only a third to a half at the most of why it looked good. Mm -hmm. Most of it was due to the fantastic visual design. Oh, yeah. It really felt like you were in this... Place Arkham Asylum looked like it was old and run down, but it was like it was high and secure at the same time. It was really, really well done. And um, actually, so they 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 put so much stuff in there. Like what the one thing um, that I noticed where like my graphics card actually kind of chugged a little bit uh, was when they they had a lot of uh, physics effects in there. Um, so like in a, in a few of the scenes where. I was uh, fighting against Scarecrow inside um, Batman's mind. There was like tons and tons of like bricks flying around, and like the like oh my gosh, it had to calculate like where each one of those was going, and yep. it slowed down significantly. <laughs> on Ian's freaking beast of a machine. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm running it on the 670. This is you know a graphics card that was uh, almost top of the line three years after the game came out. So. Yeah, um, pretty impressive. Uh, also, like the this like this game is kind of the definition of cinematic gaming, wouldn't you say? Um, yeah, I can get it. It's it's one of it's one of the the big pillars of it. I mean, you know, you've got your Mass Effects and you've got you know right. your your I don't know if the Half Lives weren't really like cinematic, um, so to speak. That's an Uncharted were. Yeah, Uncharted's. Um, and this definitely fits into that ca category. Well, what I've got to say is I played Uncharted one a while, five, six hours, and it really bored me. I didn't really care for that one much. This was a complete opposite experience. This one, you're, it's not like you're watching a movie. It's like you're controlling a movie. Oh, yeah. Which, that's what a cinematic experience you try to be, and that one, this game really, really nails it. It was, 
um, phenomenal. The storytelling is absolutely top class. It's it's not the best Batman story I've heard. It's not anywhere close. No, yeah, no. I've watched a lot of movies. I've read a lot of comics. I've watched a lot of Batman series. This isn't even my top ten, probably. But it's a great story. That's just oh, yeah, what Batman is. Is it bad that I think my favorite thing about the game was actually the voiceover? And it's not because they did a particularly... Well, okay, they did do a really good job with the voiceover, but the fact remains that they used the voiceover from the cast. The cast of the voiceover was the people who did the... Um, the animated series. The animated series that came out several years ago, and that's... I mean, oh, yeah. Man, Mark Hamill is amazing. Yeah, the, the voice acting is probably about one of the very best things. I, I mean, I actually kind of unpurposely died a few times so that I could hear more of the, the Joker taunting you, you know, after your deadlines, because they're hilarious. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing that Mark Hamill might make more of an impression on a lot of people for his role as the Joker than as Luke Skywalker. Well, I don't know if I buy that because not a lot of people know that it was Mark Hamill who did the Joker. But the Joker's voice is pretty accurate. Okay, yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot better than, but I wanted to go into Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. <laughs> wine, wine, wine. Which is what a lot of people remember, you know, Luke Skywalker for. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yep. But, um, yeah, it was very, um, the story was quite well done. It featured a pretty good cast of Batman's films in that game. Mm-hmm. Not, it misses a few of them, but you can't cram all the key villains in there at once. Well, and obviously, the sequel, like yeah, they get a lot of them in Arkham City. Then yeah, the sequel does a great job putting. Um, it's only missing a few of his villains that I would consider as top class villains. Very few. Of them. And they and they definitely mention pretty much all of them. Um, I think I don't remember them mentioning Penguin, and that's about the only person who in Arkham Asylum. In uh, Asylum, yeah, like because they mentioned they mentioned uh, Two Face, they mentioned Scarface, they mentioned um, Killer Croc. Uh, let's see, yeah, well, Killer Croc was in it. Yeah, um, let's see, they, oh, that's right, that's right. I remember seeing that. Sorry, they, I, I I didn't get very far in it. I only got through Bane. They I'm didn't sorry. mention Catwoman at all. No. Um, How about but, yeah. Uh, he, he was yeah he's he was a background event. You yeah. can actually physically see him in the background. Oh really? He's yeah. in his cell. If you look at his cell, you can kind of stumbling around in there. Um, well, you, they see Harley Quinn. They, you definitely see Harley Quinn. Oh, I know. Harley Quinn. You beat the crap out of Harley Quinn. And you know what? I was happy to do it. She was um, a butt. Ian took a couple oh, of screenshots of uh, the game as he played through it. They look very good. Uh-huh. A few of them were poison ivy. <laughs> a few. <laughs> How would you describe her? Um, I, uh, how would I describe her? Um, yeah. Well, she's uh, uh, wow. She Ooh. she she kind of puts the ass in uh, asylum. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I I really didn't realize how many screenshots I was taking of her until after I was done playing, and then I was looking through them. And I'm like, wait, why are a quarter of my screenshots of Poison Ivy? Oh, okay. Pretty much, yes. Um, But, and then gameplay-wise is actually where, okay, from a detective standpoint, an exploration standpoint, and moving around, I thought the game was phenomenal. Um, Especially the Predator missions, I thought that was the game's highlight. My, yeah, my favorite parts were, like, when it was dark and I had some gargoyles to play around with and, you know, strategically Mm -hmm. taking out the enemies one by one. But I would argue the weakest point of the game, everything considered, from the gameplay, the presentation, the sound, etc., is probably the brawling. 
type of combat. It's pretty easy. It's pretty repetitive. It's, yeah, you, you, it's really you push two buttons. You push one button to punch people and one button to counter people who are about to punch yep. you. But for people who might be turned off by that, City fixes that pretty much completely. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I mean, like, so obviously, the like, that's just the core of the brawling, and then they add more uh, different types of enemies who require more things to defeat, like some of them you have to stun them first, some of them you have to dodge behind them to hit them. Um, you know, when you get, like, the giant brutes, um, those actually were quite interesting uh, to defeat, especially when they threw those a- at you along with a bunch of regular thugs. Right. Because then, yes. you know, you, you had to stun those guys and then beat them up a little bit and then climb on their backs and use them to kill mm-hmm. other... Well, not kill, because Batman doesn't kill. Um, we were talking about that before, yeah, actually. other people... Yeah, about how ridiculous it is. Those thugs can take one hell of a beating. Just oh, yeah. a random thug who's been in prison. Batman goes up to him and hits him in the face about a dozen times with his steel gloves. Yep. And that guy gets back up, and it's like, <laughs> you got some chin, man. You can take a beating. <laughs> Speaking well, of which, I mean... You don't know the prison life. <laughs> <laughs> like... Every single character that we see in this game, aside from, like, uh, Harley Quinn, um, Poison Ivy, and the Joker, are just ripped. Like, I have never played a game where I've seen so many solidly built men in one place (laughs) than Arkham Asylum. (laughs) I mean, cross-country team doesn't count? (laughs) Uh, No, not quite. Um, Y'all are twigs. Y'all are, like, the... Size of the arm of Killer Croc. I, I have <laughs> seen your cross-country team uh, <laughs> running around. What you might weren't aware of, Ian, because you're not as big a fan as me, that's very much part of the course. In the animated series, everyone had blocky, large shoulders and were quite muscular. Mm-hmm. In the comics, um, well, Ian was really surprised at how strong Commissioner Gordon looked, that he was very muscular. Oh, my gosh! Um, that's very standard for him. In the comics, he's a very physically strong man. But he's an man. old dude! And also, I, I mean, yeah. I, I'm also coming from the only things Gary that I really think... Uh, yeah, the only things I've really seen of Batman are the recent trilogy of films. Yeah, so um, he thought Gary Oldman, but no. In the animated series and comics, uh, Gordon is... Buff. Yeah, he could have been about as... You get the vibe that early on in his career, if he'd taken a different path in life, he could have been as good as Batman at the job. They really kind of actually play that up, that he's that good of a fist fighter, that strong. Okay, but just to give you a perspective, you know that picture, um, that meme where it's the the shirtless guy with the mustache and it's like the manly man meme. Maybe, sure. I got this. You got this. <laughs> All right, that's Commissioner Gordon. In fact, it looks like him too because of the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, um, the game has very good presentation. The characters all look good. They avoid looking like. Um, I do like it that they took pretty much all of the the uh, oh him okay yeah so <laughs> frostbite you mean an ice tan <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I do like it that they took most of the characters kind of in a new direction like um and and they actually kind of acknowledge that they're taking them in a new direction because on their bio pages in the game you know they have pictures of what the characters look like in the comics um, as well more or less yeah so so you know I've got to say even as a big fan the who um, owns a lot of comics, watches the series, etc. The biographies were very nice for me, too. There were a mm-hmm. few characters like Tweedledee and Tweedledum, who I was not at all familiar with. Um, but yeah, like Scarecrow was very unique what they did with him. Um, I really, I enjoyed uh, his levels a lot. 
Yeah. Because he was, especially like the way that um, you know, you got to go back into Batman's past and kind of yep. explore. I mean, obviously, yes, we all know his parents died. He's an orphan. It's really tough for him, you know. But I yep. mean, it, at the same time, it's like he's reliving this. Yeah, they really the let you experience it more. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was really. Uh, I have to say, none of my favorite versions of any of the characters appeared in Arkham Asylum. I prefer versions from other places. Mm-hmm. That said, all the versions here were phenomenal. They, they did a great job of representing everyone. It was um, well-written, well-performed. Uh, fantastic game. One of my favorite of the last generation. This is coming from the hardcore Nintendo fan. And this <laughs> is absolutely one of my favorite games of the seventh generation. 9.5 out of 10. Finish it. Like Assassin's uh, Creed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I um I would definitely recommend I mean being that this game came out back in 2009 you can uh, get it extremely cheap. Yeah, you can get it really cheap and I would say that probably whatever price you see it for is probably reasonable. Let's see what what it is right now. Um Batman Arkham Asylum. Let's see the game of the year edition is $20. Um that seems a little bit yeah, well, yeah, that's reasonable. Um, especially since you know the the game of the year edition comes with a few extra things like some uh, challenge levels that you can go yeah. and I mean, this I, game does have really really good replay value. I've got to say the challenge I, levels are very. I looked at the I looked at the challenge levels and I saw like the high scores that people had and I was like, man, these people have had several years to get that high. I am never going to get onto these leaderboards never. ever. Never. Um, one of the other pet peeves that I had was uh, games for Windows Live. It yeah. needs to go away. Yeah. Uh, and the the hilarious thing is that uh, they actually have like Steam achievements for this game, but nobody has any of the Steam achievements because they like it started out on Games for Windows Live, and they actually haven't implemented the Steam achievements <laughs> yet. And I don't know if they're ever going to. Probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you're someone who's looking forward to Arkham Origins and you want to see where the series started. I would definitely recommend looking at Arkham Asylum. Great introduction to the series, fantastic game, and I, I think it appeals to just about everyone. I can see people who like action games, who like detective games, who like good stories. If you're mm-hmm. just, you like good graphics. If you just like Batman, you um, like good poison ivies. <laughs> I was disappointed. I went under your screenshots and I only saw one poison ivy shot. And it was That's a- because I uploaded all of those ones as private. They are only for my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I would recommend you doing is going to um, just Google Images and entering uh, Poison Ivy Arkham Asylum. You'll see. Yeah. You'll get an idea of what he has. <laughs> we actually found one specific screenshot that he had uploaded oh. on Google Images. Exactly. That it's reminds me. This reminds me, actually. One of the things that they really did not do well in this game were the boss fights. Like The, oh, the yeah. boss battles were very, very traditionally designed, you know, like especially like Poison Ivy's was literally, you are on a platform in front of a very large plant that is shooting things down at you, and you, you have to shoot some and, people. And, and you, you have to time, like, went between dodging and, like, throwing things at it uh, in order to take it down strategically. And it's so repetitive. Yeah, and I mean, like, if you take a look at the Joker boss fight, yeah, mm-hmm. okay, from a gameplay standpoint, that was a decent boss fight, I guess, average. But you still see the same exact thing three times in a row. From a story standpoint, that just sucks. That's not how Joker would fight Batman. It didn't feel like Joker. It felt like you were just fighting a thug. Mm -hmm. Um, I can confirm that Arkham City does a much better job with the boss fights. Not perfect by any means, but in my opinion, does a very, very good improvement on it. It it makes the boss fights worth doing. 
And um, well, you also other... get to play as Catwoman in Arkham City, so I mean, that's the highlight of the game. <laughs> <laughs> one of the one of the things that I'm hoping um, Arkham City does as well is encourage me to uh, explore a little bit more because, like, in Arkham Asylum, I felt like I saw everything that I could see uh, just by playing through the 10-hour campaign, and I didn't really feel like, other than the the, the Riddler. Um, mm-hmm. challenges, I didn't feel like there was much for me to just go out and see. Okay. There's a little bit to explore in Asylum, but mm-hmm. you're right, you see a lot of it there. Yeah. Um, City does add a handful of side quests. Some of them are kind of put in your face. There's one that involves telephones, and it's made quite apparent to you when there's a telephone ringing yeah. for you to pick up. But um, it really does add quite a few side quests and other things for you to get involved in. And having Riddler trophies for Batman and for Catwoman kind of mm-hmm. adds a little bit to it. Uh, it's a pretty huge game city. It's not like a Grand Theft Auto or a Lego City or anything, but it's very, very large. I love it how you bring up Grand Theft Auto and Lego City in, in the same sentence. Like they both have huge worlds. They both are open. Well, I, I know, but I mean, same. it's like, but but you you know, you think about Grand Theft Auto thematically, and you think about Lego City yeah, thematically, and it's like, well, yeah, they're a little different. <laughs> but yeah, both Ian and I would give the thumbs up for Arkham Asylum, and now is a great time to pick it up because Origins is coming out on. Um, late in October, yep. Yeah, late in October. It's coming out on things you already own, PC and the uh, 7-gen consoles and Wii U. It's yep. not coming out on PS4, the Xbox One at this time. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm pretty darn excited for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to finish the other two first, but yeah. Exactly. That's that's why I started playing this this week. I knew... I've been bugging Ian for, since I met him freshman year, two years ago, that is, mm-hmm. about playing it. About, I asked him if he had it in his library, and he said yes. I asked him if he played it, he said no, and I've been giving him shit since then. <laughs> Finally, he got it done. So you're not, don't, don't give me any now, otherwise I won't. You know how I work. The more someone tells me to do something, the less inclined I am to do it. Um, don't play it. Damn it. Should he pass it? He got you. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. New releases this week. Um, Rain came out for PS3. That's the uh, the pretty unique sounding game where you are controlling a couple of characters who are invisible except when they are in the rain, and you have to use that strategically to uh, avoid. I think there's a thing that's like hunting you, trying to chase you. Um, and it's a story about a boy and a girl, and we all know how that goes. Um, if I can add some other releases. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Wind Waker HD, the physical copy, just came out this weekend. Um, if you buy the $300 Wii U that includes it, you get a digital copy of it, or you can buy the the premium edition for $300. I think the price drops take effect by the physical version of it. My brother and I are getting the physical version with a little Ganondorf figurine. Uh, it was only $10 more. Only $60. Yeah, we're getting that. We're excited. But uh, that came out, so that's something to look for. And I believe Scribblenauts Unmasked came out last week. It's on Steam. It's on Wii U. Oh, yeah, 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 I have seen that, yeah. Um, that's interesting in case you like to, um, if, if you're the kind of person who likes to imagine come up with unique ways to deal with things, or if you're just a big DC fan, um, that game might be worth looking at. It looks it looks fun to me. I enjoyed um, uh, I enjoyed uh, Scribblenauts um, Unlimited on the Wii U, so I'd recommend this one. It looks like a lot of fun. Those are the releases I'm aware of. And so, uh, for next week, uh, what we're going to most likely be talking about, I just bought Audio Surf 2, uh, and that's actually an early access game, so I'll give you my first impressions on that. Um, Ian just started Far Cry 3, right? Yep. And so, we might be seeing a review from him, and who knows, maybe I'll have uh, 
played enough of uh, Arkham City to give a, a my full review of it as well. Yeah, well, no, Zian has unlimited amounts of time. He doesn't go to class. Oh yeah, nope, not at all. <clears throat> he doesn't have a social life. Just well, like people, no rehearsals ever. <laughs> and and especially you know, as a music major, no rehearsals. Are you still there? Ian? And you don't have any, uh, you know, drag shows to play at either. I know, right? So thanks for joining us, everybody, for 8-Bit. This is Ian Buck. I'm Ian Decker. Sarah Quinn. I'm Samuel Rowe. Signing off. Hold on. I'll find it. Stop touching me so I can do things with my mouse. Ah!